You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hey, Live Different Podcast listeners, are you between the ages of 21 and 35, want to go and explore the world, but maybe you need to make some new friends because your old friends are a little bit boring these days? Come and check out under30experiences.com. We have some really amazing local experiences. We're not talking about uh, luxury resort vacations where you just sit and drink margaritas until you pass out and get some sunburn and eat all you can eat meals and do it all over again the next day. This is not that type of vacation. These are adventure trips to places like Bali, Indonesia, the rainforest of Costa Rica, Iceland, the countryside of Ireland, all over the world. And we bring together a bunch of awesome people, not only to have a great time on the trip, of course, but to also bring back a little bit of what they learned to the community, uh, to their local cities. And we get together in about 25 different cities all over the United States and Canada. So if this sounds interesting to you, head on over to under30experiences.com and check it out. We'd love to have you on a trip sometime. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I am here with my friend, Nathaniel Boyle. He is host of the Travelers Podcast that has been downloaded over 400,000 times, according to my calculation. That's pretty good, Nathaniel. I, uh, I read a bio somewhere hidden in, on the internet, and it says you were one of the top influencers in travel as named by the White House. Uh, that's pretty cool. And you're the founder of a new travel community called Holocene. Enough with the, uh, enough with the, the big fancy intro. What's, what's going on, Nathaniel? Glad to have you. You know, that's really cool to hear that i mean it's it's you know it's not stuff i know but it's always it's nice to hear that it's nice to, to i try to on my podcast always give a good intro to my guests and they're always like oh that sounds you make me sound cooler than i am and now i know what they're, they're talking about well you know <laughs> it's uh it's nice to let the listeners know who's there and why they should listen and uh, it's actually been you know sometimes i can be real i don't know laid back and nonchalant on the podcast but it's nice to to come in with a nice intro and then get into the uh, yeah the fun the fun stuff um but i know i was on your podcast when it was the daily travel podcast i was yeah. an early guest now it's called the travelers um which yeah. i think is a great uh i think it's a great transition for for a handful of reasons but um yeah excited to to interview you this time um and uh, yeah, let let our readers hear your story, how you were inspired by travel, how you've made it into a business. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of questions for you, so I'm looking forward to catching up. Cool. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's been a fun transition to go from the Daily Travel Podcast to the Travelers, um, not just because I decided to stop producing it daily, um, which was a really good way to sort of go from having no presence, no um, understanding even of what I was doing, to accelerating the sort of velocity towards discovering where I fit into the niche of um, travel or whatever it ends up becoming, which is which is different than I originally, originally thought. Initially, I thought it was going to be like a deals show or something, and then I, I brought some people on and um, heard their story, and we, you know, travel to me, I've always had a sensitivity around it and a philosophy around it. And I realized that it really linked up to the human journeys that they were taking me on. And I found that it had a restorative power. It had a transformative quality, you know, and if I could really start to understand exactly what 
those were without resorting to the cliches that I think a lot of us lean on, which is like, I have wanderlust, or I have the travel bug, right? Like instead, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean what we're talking about, the chemical rushes that hit us? And like, what are, what are we talking about? What What is waiting for us out there that we can convert into transformation? How does that process unfold? And as I, uh, I think I, I think it took me about 175 interviews until I realized that there was really a pattern that was emerging from all of these different conversations around people who had changed their lives in travel. And um, yeah, so then I was like, I got to change the show. This show is not about being a daily travel show. This show is about the inward journey of travel. This show is about the travelers, right? It's not about a destination. It's not about locals. Um, so that's what I, that's why I changed it. And it's been, it's been a really cool, um, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to like renew your creative projects with, Absolutely. After 175 episodes, I think you'll be about episode 51. And uh, we are, oh, 15 months into the podcast Mm -hmm. or so. So that's almost one a week. Um, But with, you know, traveling and and running a business, etc., we want to make them good. We want to bring on meaningful stories. And uh, you said something really interesting, Nathaniel. You talked about the human journey and uh let's get into it i want to hear your human journey (laughs) cool where do i begin (sighs) tell me tell me about the womb do you remember it (laughs) i don't my first memories um were when i was five uh my parents got divorced and um my mother took my sister and i to england uh as a sort of uh way to get away from it all you know but she pulled off this home swap heist and put us up traded our house in massachusetts for a um an entire castle in the northern lake district of england um and the place was insanely beautiful i mean rolling green fields and crumbling stone walls and suits of armor and turrets and canopy beds i mean this thing was like it was a castle i mean it's castle as you imagine it to be but as a five-year-old coming from the united states where castles are nothing but a fantasy it was all of a sudden a magical world that i could actually tangibly explore so that to me i think over time gave me two uh pieces of um uh it gave, it gave me two pieces of appreciation for travel's um value which is uh both as a healing tool as an instrument for sort of restoring ourselves but also um the belief that magical worlds really do exist if we only just let ourselves be open to them um and so for me it was all about uh eventually getting back out on the road and finding that experience of being more alive through that sense of uh, awakening, that sense of possibility and wonder and inspiration and awe that I think we all feel when we talk about travel, right? When we get out on the road. So for me, it was really all about um, eventually realizing that because I traveled so young and travel was so, was so formative to my life, you know, I turned six, I had a sixth birthday in that castle, which is crazy. Um, Uh, I eventually began to sort of weave the travel experience and all of my understandings around that into my identity. And I, and I noticed in interviewing over 200 people that people who get started traveling at a younger age also have a sort of appreciation for travel as a part of their identity. And I think that's because travel is a mirror and it's an inherently creative process. And so when we encounter an experience on the road, so too do we encounter it within, right? This idea that if you encounter a mountain, so too do you encounter a mountain within. And if you wander down a dark alleyway, you also wander down a dark alleyway within. So all of a sudden, I think I grew up with this love of travel and my parents taking me around and showing me, this, showing me the world as much as they could. And I developed this understanding of travel as something more than just an escape, more than just a, a, a beach. You know, It's actually an exploration of yourself um, as, as good as you can uh, find one. 
Well, I'm certainly glad that I asked about not long after the womb. Uh, this is this is pretty cool to hear about. I, I'm picturing your your house swap. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure how old you are, Nan- Nathaniel, but I'm picturing it being I'm 34. Like, okay, I'm picturing this would have been the 80s, but if it was, I don't know, isn't there a movie with? Uh, You've got mail where they they're on AOL and messaging to do a house swap. I mean, this sounds something straight out of a movie. That's amazing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if my mother had found the house swap in like a magazine at the time. You know, I mean, um, certainly the platforms didn't exist in the '80s, but it was a um, yeah, it was an incredible exchange. I mean, it really was. It was the kind of place that you know, it's funny, Matt. It's like I've I've asked myself many times, would I ever want to go back to this place? Like, would I ever want to revisit a place that meant so much to me? that I, I consider so formative in my travel origin story, if you want to call it that, 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 you know, would I want to go back? Or is it really important that I retain this sense of childhood perspective on it? Like, I was a very tiny person. So if I got back there now at 34, like, what, what would the castle look like to me, right? I mean, would it be three times smaller because I'm three times taller, you know? Sure. Or, um, or, or something else. I mean, I, I don't know, but a lot of me has been resistant to ever going back there and it's built in an appreciation for the experiences that we have once in a lifetime. Yeah, uh, no, I, I would, I would totally leave it be. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Leave it, leave it, leave it sacred. Like you said, it's a magical, it's a magical world. Um, and, and can you tell me more about what other magical worlds that you decided to explore after that? Well, I can say really quickly that um, I wanted to travel and study abroad in college, but it never worked out. I actually studied in Los Angeles and worked in the, the film industry because I always thought that I wanted to work in that industry. Uh, it turns out I really did not like it, um, not even a little. And, you know, the work was fine, um, but the and, – and, and I really liked Los Angeles. I still do. But Hollywood itself, culturally, was a, was a problem for me. It was kind of a deal breaker. And so uh, I got out of college and um, was not really sure what to do. Thought I'd wanted to travel. Uh, I kept putting off study abroad, and, but I still kept putting it off. And I knew that this was the thing that I wanted to do. But I, I, I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I had a job offer. And so I was like, you know what? I can take the job offer or I can go and travel. And I know the one that I want to do. But the job offer is like, you know, it's a, it's, it was at a startup. I mean, what if it succeeded and I was you know, really early into it. I was overthinking everything at, um, you know, age 21, 22, took the job offer and, and put the travel off. And I worked miserably in a job I hated for two and a half years. And, you know, this is my early twenties and it's good to put in time, I think, but it's also important to like the people that you're working with and to appreciate the opportunities that you have. And it was really hard for me to do that when I didn't enjoy it. And it really just ate away at me. Eventually that company fell apart and I, it, what it did do is it gave me the opportunity to save up enough money to t- take a full year and go around the world. Um, and what that did is essentially unlocked my, um, you know, it changed my life in many ways. I think it, it unlocked me as a um, sort of a jaded um, person who, who was tired from, from the educational system, who was tired from having a job he didn't like for, for years, um, and was really hungry for more. I was hungry for some semblance of adventure in my life. And I was able to find that. But what that did for me was it unlocked this sense of curiosity about the world that I think turned me into a learner. It turned me into an adventurer. It turned me into an explorer. It changed my personality. Um, and I think it awoke a sort of dormant strand that had been there all along since I was a kid um, that had been sort of stifled for a good you know, six or seven years. That, that's fantastic, Nathaniel. I, I'm glad that you were able to take that experience and 
learn from it. And instead of what some people think of their, you know, some people think of their jobs as just this prison. And then, you know, you could look at yours potentially as your launching pad and Mm -hmm. you have to have those, uh, those experiences in life where then you're going to be able to learn from them and say, okay, I figured out what I don't want. Now I can figure out what I really do want. And uh, it's interesting to me also because society has drilled into our heads that, well, we need to, you know, you know, the list of things that you're supposed to go out and do that you have in your head as a, as a young person, which include graduate from school and get a job and find a partner and blah, 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 right? Yep. But uh, a lot of people, you know, there's this fallacy out there that you have to be rich to be able to go and travel all around the world. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, you know, when you're 22 years old and you're come out of undergrad and you say, well, there's this startup here that might give me a chunk of equity if I work my ass off for them. Um, And there's a small chance that that could work out and there could be an exit. And then I'll have the capital to travel around the world. Well, when you think about it, there's a whole different way out there uh, to go about it, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I think that we get so caught up in this compromising of the present in the interest of the future. And I think that we're conditioned to do that. We're conditioned to, uh, all through, throughout college and that's college, all throughout our education system, at least in the United States to, uh, seek perfection, to find the answer, to know what our next step is, right. To choose a major, to get an A, to, uh, know what our job is going to be, to get recruited right out of college, right? Like we're supposed to know what we want to do next. And we, for some of us, we certainly have no idea. And, and I always was the person who knew exactly what he wanted to do. And then once he got there, (laughs) hated it. Right. And then what, then I graduated school with a degree in filmmaking and didn't want to work in the industry anymore. It was like, I was completely lost. And so um, taking a job that gave, that empowered me to be able to go and travel, but it was a means to an end. And I think that what I've come to learn as I've gotten older and now I'm 34, so this has been, you know, 12 years or so since this experience. Um, I think what I've learned now is the confidence that comes with experience, um, of growing a skill set, um, growing an understanding of entrepreneurship, growing a creative confidence so that I can trust my curiosity a little bit more to guide me towards the next project that I want to do, as opposed to, um, being in pursuit of a passion, if that even makes sense. It's like, um, cause I think that, and I don't want to get too obscure, but I think that I could have either taken a traditional route and continued down it, but it was making me miserable. So eventually I broke away, but every time I break away from a predictable path, I realize that it's not actually having an answer that gets me there. Even if I think it is right. It's instead, it's like, no, I'm going to start this business and figure it out. And then usually that business changes within, you know, um, a few months, like really quickly, like as soon as you get your first customers or something, all of a sudden you're doing the work that they want you to do. So your idea for what was going to be your passion or whatever ends up changing and it becomes the business that, that you have to do, but sets you on your own path and you find your own way. That to me is letting go of answers and pursuing curiosity a little bit more. Does that make sense? Uh, Absolutely. So let's come back to figuring it out and letting go. And I want to go back uh, and be really clear that this startup did not IPO, I, I'm guessing, or like, did no. not get acquired, um, and you were miserable, or I don't know if you said it was a startup, but uh, you no, were... It was. Yeah, okay, so it was a startup, um, and you probably saved up a little bit of money while you were 
working there and yeah, then you just finally got fed up and you quit can you bring us back to quitting how you mustered up the courage yeah. how you were able to justify that to yourself to your friends to your family to your bank account etc yeah well i knew that i wanted to travel <clears throat> and so I, I was saving money i think i saved up a few thousand so it really wasn't like a ton I mean, you don't need a lot of money to travel i, I think that if you think that, just Google something. Like it will change your mind. There are so many people out there that will change your mind. Matt, listen to his show. It will change your mind. Um, and uh, I think that. So I had a few thousand. Let's say. Let's say I had three thousand, four thousand dollars. Right. That's enough to buy a round the world ticket and pay for hostels and food for you know a month or two um, in really cheap places. So after doing the research and figuring out that I could actually afford it, I. Um, the company was already falling apart. So getting out of there was just an emotional decision. It wasn't a logical decision. My job was going to be gone no matter what. It was just what I was going to do when I was going to leave. And I was, even though I really felt mistreated, even though I felt like my, my, the people I worked with were not, um, particularly honorable, um, the still leaving the position, leaving like the responsibility of the position, was a really tough thing to do. Like I've got people that are uh, within the Holocene community that have struggled to quit their jobs simply because they were afraid of what their boss might think of them or they needed to, or there's, there's other nuances. Like they need to get that last paycheck and they don't want to just be fired on the spot when they give their, their month's notice or their two weeks notice. Right. So I remember feeling that stress intensely and really agonizing over the decision. And then eventually just, biting the bullet and telling them I was giving my two weeks and it was over. You know, as soon as I did it, it was over. And, um, two weeks later I was done. And a week after that, I was on a plane to Fiji and then on to New Zealand where I lived for half a year. So, um, honestly I got to Fiji and I remember dropping my bag off in, uh, and on my bed in this shack and then walking outside. I was on this, on the, in the Asawa islands. I don't know if you've been there, Matt. No, I have not been to Fiji. I'm going to ask you all about it, though, in a couple minutes. All right. So the Yasawas are basically like a backpacker um, collection of islands and um, a great place to just start and uh, decompress, especially after um, years spent working miserably. And so I remember dropping my bag off and walking over into this little pavilion where everyone was eating, um, you know, rice and curry under like a covered under a roof. And then the sky just opened, and it was the heaviest rain I've ever seen in my life. To this day, there's just this intense tropical rainstorm. And I remember everyone was huddled under the roof. I, I for whatever reason, had just gotten there, and I walked out into the rain. And I sat down on the beach and just let the rain, like, rinse the, the, the feeling of, of captivity away from me. And I think in that beach, on that beach, I, I really felt renewed, like I was – um, reborn for a, a new adventure. It was, it was a really Damn. cool, cathartic experience that I'll, I'll never forget. That uh, that sounds amazing. And <laughs> your story, certainly going to Fiji, I, I want to ask you more about the islands. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to ask you about that that magical world, as, as you put it. Um, but I was wondering if you have any advice, other than just listening to this story and, be like, be, and saying, hey, guess what's way better than your job? Fiji, all right? That should be enough advice for people. Uh, but if they are, if people often struggle with trying to uh, 
not disappoint people, I think, is, is a huge fear that holds tons of people back. And so if we're thinking about not wanting to disappoint your boss or what's that person going to say to me or there's this conversation that you had to have with your family and uh, all of that kind of stuff that it doesn't have to be just to quit and travel, right? There are certain people in, your, in everyone's life who they're going to, they feel like they have to answer to. Um, do you have any advice to, for those people who are worried about disappointing others? You know, it's a really interesting thing that you would ask me that question because I have always been sort of an accommodator, sort of like a peacemaker, right? Like I mentioned that my parents split when I was um, when I was really young, but I was always really the peacemaker in my family. And uh, amongst my friends, I think I was always kind of a peacemaker. I would make sure that everybody was happy. I would make sure that we all had plans, that the group was getting along. Um, and that's always sort of been my role in life because of my personality. And at times, Matt, that is a detrimental role to play because you put other people uh, ahead of yourself. And while that is a magnanimous thing to do, you know, it's really nice. It's good. Everybody appreciates you for it. After a while, it begins to feel thankless. And you realize that you're struggling because you're not giving yourself enough. And over time, that builds. And so I think it's really important to listen to yourself. And it's really important to listen to the things that you feel like you want to do in life. Like we all have a call to adventure. We might not exactly know what that is, but so many people get caught up looking for it right in front of them. And maybe if you can't find it, maybe if you're struggling to find, you know, your passion in life, you're looking for it in all the wrong places. And you might not actually know what the next step is, you know, what the next safe, sure-footed step is going to be until you get out there and find it. Because the thing that's hidden from all of us uh, that we don't realize is waiting for us to be discovered on the road is possibility. Possibility is the thing that eludes all of us, I think, in our defined existences back home. It's not until we get back out onto the road that we find that basically waiting for us. That's the thing that that enraptures us in awe and captivates our, you know, our... Um, our attention inspires us to new ideas and provides this clarity for the way forward. All of that can happen anywhere, but it's very much more likely to happen in a place of discomfort, in a place of novelty, all of these. So get so for anybody that is struggling with that decision, like there is so much more out there that you have yet to even realize and you will never realize it until you make the decision for yourself to go. So that's the advice I have is really rethink the, rethink the thing that's holding you back because it, it's nothing compared to what you have yet to find. Well, that is fantastic advice and uh, getting people out of their comfort zone. And as you said, figuring it out and letting go uh, has been something, tr I mean, absolutely life-changing once I was able to figure those things out in my own life because I have a very similar story to yours uh, yeah. as a people pleaser and People get their their ego. People get their uh, sense of self worth from that because oh, these people like me. I'm taking care of these people, or you know, if you're, it's like the classic mother who takes care of their kids but doesn't take care of themselves. Well, yep. you're not going to be able to do a very good job uh, if you're not well yourself, or yep. if you are not, um, yeah, if you are not pushing your own boundaries. How are you then going to lead a group of dynamic people to get out of their own way and step, you know, step into the unknown? So I, I think that's awesome. Uh, could you go back to 
figuring it out. So, you know, obviously you went to Fiji and you traveled and you went to New Zealand, but could you talk a little bit more about what you meant uh, by whenever you leave whatever was holding you back uh, behind, you know, whether it was your job or your location or, or whatever it was, uh, when you stray away from that and you have to figure that out and you kind of go blindly down the path, what you learn from that? I think what I, well, let's see. I mean, I can talk about my personal experiences that this was a trip that was, it was more than just Fiji and New Zealand, you know, I mean, from there I went up to, to Bali and Malaysia and uh, up to Japan, all around Japan, flew over to China, took the trans Mongolia, up uh, Mongolian train up through Mongolia, across Siberia to Russia, Moscow, flew to London, let the great, let great Britain take all my money and then flew home. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, so that was a great year. It really was. Um, one thing, for example, that I never expected was, and I learned so much, like over and over again. Um, one thing I never expected was uh, that I might spend a lot of my time in Christchurch at a library. Like, who goes to New Zealand and then goes to the library? <laughs> but I'll tell you what, like, there was something about, first of all, having very little money, and second of all, um, uh, just becoming all of a sudden really curious with everything. Like I had just gotten done with college and I was like, whew, thank goodness that's done. And then I started wondering about the world because I was exposing myself to it. So I would ask a question of like, well, what, is, what does this mean or what does that mean? And I was writing a lot and I found that when I, um, when I would find these ideas, if I could put them into my creative expression, then I would begin to learn more about how all of these different concepts and ideas related to me, right? So I guess that to, to try to tie all of that up in a, in a more digestible nugget, um, it would be that uh, I think that you expose yourself to the world, and in doing so, you find this reflective experience, right? And it, it's it, again, this is to say that travel is a mirror. This is the idea that you might um, encounter a challenge before you, but what you are is you're encountering that challenge within. Can you overcome it? And when you do, that redefines who you are to yourself. And I think that the more you learn about the world, the more you learn about yourself. That's the inward journey of travel, right? And if you can express, if you can reflect that discovery back outward again, that's where people begin to perceive you differently because of what you're putting out there. You know what I mean? That's where, that's where we really get into transformative experience. And I think I learned that when, um, you know, what, what's taught me that is, well, interviewing 200 people, but also creating Holocene and how created the creation of Holocene itself has really, um, given my friends, my family, the people that matter, the people that come from this realm of definition and expectation, which are really the two things that hold us back from actual, from actually going out into the world and allowing ourselves to pursue transformation. Um, creating Holocene has really redefined who I am and what I'm all about to the people that, have always seen me in one particular light. Okay, and so you graduate. You graduate from school. You no longer. You're no longer being forced to read or write. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you discover that wow, I'm actually a very curious person, and I love to read and write. Yeah. Uh, when I'm not being forced to do it, and I love to ask questions uh, because now you're being able to think on your own, and as you said, expose yourself. To the world, and then you said something very interesting. You said that then you were able to reflect that out yeah. into the world. Uh, so, can you walk us through what it's what it's like in the ways in which you do that? Mm -hmm. uh, 
because, okay, now you have this inner found knowledge. Now you're a more happy person. How do you then go and uh, spread that through the world? Yeah, so great, great question. So Holocene is all about the fundamental um, formula that is going to sound very simple, but it took me 175 interviews to realize. It's that curiosity plus creativity equals transformation. It's the idea that you can go out into the world and expose yourself to it. You can let curiosity be your guide towards new possibility, right? You find possibility and become awestruck with it. You find inspiration from that. And it's sort of like this moment of standing on the side of a mountain and looking out over your shoulder and seeing how far you can see, right? You can see for miles and you realize two things simultaneously. One, how small you are and yet how much you've accomplished by standing on the side of that mountain. There is a great deal of perspective and there's a great deal of uh, ability that's sort of discovered in these moments. And so then we could go back, right? We could go home with this new sense of like self-awareness. But all we do is we return home to our, uh, we return back to the mold almost that we already broke out of in order to go out and travel, right? We go back to the, the definitions and the expectations that we expected. Nobody really asks us about our trip. How was it? What was the favorite part? Oh, great. Do you eat anything weird? Oh, that's crazy. Okay, thanks. Great. Bye. You know, nobody really wants to hear about this transformative moment that you had on the side of a mountain or whatever, you know? And so how do you retain that travel self? How do you retain that sense of self-awareness, that clarity? How do you channel that clarity into transformation? And the answer to that is through creativity and through creative output, right? And so for anybody, I think one thing that I learned is that I could write while I was traveling. I could write about my experiences and then I could share those, those written passages with people back home. And they were much more likely to read that and then gain an understanding of who I was and the experiences that I was having through that. And it could be as simple as photography. It could be as simple, like this isn't, doesn't have to be anything massive, like creating Holocene, which is this big platform of retreats and experiences and community and courses and resources. I mean, this is a big, Holocene's a big, massive, um, expansive idea. It could be an Instagram account. It could be a Snapchat account. Like just as long as you're creating something that is, that is, uh, expressive of whatever it is that you are experiencing, Exposing yourself to on the road because that's all it is if you don't create anything from it. It's just exposure and exposure will erode back home when you return home to your defined life, right? That's that awesome. Sense, that, absolutely. Nathaniel, can you give us that uh, equation again? Yeah. It's curiosity plus creativity equals transformation. Transformation. And I want to I just uh, – I want to illustrate the point that I think that creativity – is the overlooked ingredient in transformation. It's the thing that, you know, we, as we all talk about how travel is, is a transform, has transformative capabilities, has a transformative power, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, I went traveling, it changed my life. And for a lot of us, I think we struggle to be able to define that. It's like we, we, we struggle to be able to express what that, what that change actually was, or we just use the word transformation as a cliche, like, oh yeah, I went traveling and it changed my life, right? Travel's transformational, right? Okay, fine. That's fine. But how do you convert the exposure to the newness that is out there? How do you take that sense of self that you just can't go back to being the person that you were before and actually stand up and fight and say, I will not go, you know, uh, willingly into the night and I will instead transform myself into this person that I can see with such clarity. And I feel like I get that on the road. I look for that. I look for that, that, uh, I look for, like I said, when I was five, I found that magical worlds really do exist. If you only open your sort of mind and, and heart to, to 
finding them, to exploring them, the amount of inspiration that you can get from uh, from going somewhere that is just a little magical, that is just a little different, um, and that makes you just a little uncomfortable, is uh, is amazing. But channeling, do something with that. Don't just let it fade. That that's fantastic advice, and the fact that your creativity doesn't have to be oh I'm going to go write a book or paint a picture or or become a musician you know it can be your snapchat it can be your instagram it can be uh finding new creative ways to tell stories when you go to the bar you know yeah. these are these are the things uh that yeah this this creativity is your your vehicle for as you said reflecting this change back out into the world and i know i was in a creative rut recently and i hadn't recorded much of the podcast and uh, mm. i just got too quote unquote busy uh, running the logistical side the operations of the business etc and yeah. um i picked up snapchat and i was like you know what i'm gonna just have a blast because i forgot how creative and how much fun that i can have while I, while i'm doing this and i said you know what i'm gonna post on instagram and try to get one up every day or every other day and uh that really goes a long way to awakening your your senses and a different part of your brain and like you said spreading that message of, of transformation. And Nathaniel, I want to make sure that you get a chance because everyone's probably wondering, what the hell is this thing, Holocene? It sounds amazing. <laughs> Tell us about it. Holocene is uh, a platform and community for uh, the curious and the creative. For anybody who is uh, hears a call to adventure but has yet to really answer it, if there, or maybe you're out on it. Um, and you're in the midst of your story. Either you're finding your story, you're in the midst of your story, you're trying to figure out how to share your story. Whatever it is uh, about you that you want to explore, Holocene is a, uh, is a place for people to coalesce around this concept of transformative travel, to explore the world and themselves together one story at a time. Um, so uh, maybe maybe more practically and less philosophically, it's right That was now. beautiful, though, Nathaniel. I got to hand it to you. That was beautiful. <laughs> I have a podcast. Talking is what I do. It's fun. I love words. And you know what's funny is before I started the podcast, here's a great example actually of learning about yourself through creative expression. I always considered myself an introvert. And nowadays, I can't – I actually think I'm an ambivert, which is both an extrovert and an introvert. If that's actually a real thing, it's, I read it on, on the internet somewhere. I hope it wasn't BuzzFeed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, I was sure BuzzFeed. something like that, you know. But like <laughs> um, uh, I, I cannot – deny that I can talk. I cannot deny that I love connecting with people. In fact, I crave connection with people now more than anything else. And that is a new phenomenon for me simply by putting myself out there, putting and, and, and like putting conscious effort into the creation of, in my case, the podcast or a community of, uh, of people that are hungry for this. So anyways, back to Holocene. Holocene is a, um, a uh, right now we're a Slack community and a platform. And what we're doing is we're um, giving people connection and tools and empowering people to be able to go out and explore the world, not just for less, but um, also feel like they're not alone. Like if you're listening to this and, and resistance is a part of your life, if, if you want to go, but you don't know how to express it to people, we have people who have been through that. I've been through that. You get ac access to me uh, almost as much as you want. Uh, you get a community of people who are in your corner. You get access to flight deals and stuff like that. Um, and we're building more every day. I mean, it's still sort of a new nascent thing. And, and anybody that's joining uh, gets a uh, good 
voice in what Holocene can be. Awesome. So people can go to Holocene, H-O-L-O-C-E-N-E dot I-O, Holocene dot I-O. And it looks, although I... Uh, I was trying to get involved, and it looks like I'm on the waiting list. Did I miss out, Nathan? <laughs> the doors are closed, but we're coming back from our maiden journey right now, right? So, like, the idea is is uh, I opened them for uh, about a month or so, and I, um, I just let the people in with whom the concept resonated the most. And I've addressed and listened and talked to them, and I've, I've figured out the people who it's right for and the people who, are, who it's wrong for. And, um, and, and we're creating a tighter knit community around the concepts that we all share. A lot of them, Matt, we just discussed a lot of them you discuss on your show. It really is sort of like, a, I mean, I could pitch it in real simple terms. It's kind of a digital nomad community, but without, let's throw out the word digital nomad and instead just say for creatives who love travel or travelers who want to create, right? That that's really cool, and uh, I apologize. I just called you Nathan instead of Nathaniel. Uh, that's okay. I get it all. Uh, no, I I was literally looking at the uh, your Skype name, and I just decided to read half of it for whatever reason. Anyway, people can go to <laughs> sign up uh, for your list at Holocene.io, and of course, I don't. I'm not involved in the community or have any affiliation with it, uh, but I feel like this is you know this is part of my mission. Why? I am creative and have this podcast and uh, design these trips for under 30 experiences, et cetera. So maybe this is a way that we can work together. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to talk about it offline. I hope so. That would be great. I've, I've, I have thoughts already on that. But like, you know, Matt, like to me, under 30 experiences is your creative expression, right? From the journey of your life, right? So you've been on this story for a while. I'm sure that people could put it together or they can listen to you on my show. Um, and eventually what comes out of that is this need to to not just explore uh, the world but explore yourself through some sort of output and and under 30 for you very clearly has been that exploration this ongoing fascination with uh with people with travel with the world how can you connect deeper to it how can you share that with other people and um and change lives and absolutely absolutely yeah it's really cool that's uh that's awesome nathaniel so Okay, so you had this massive year-long trip. Uh, I do have to ask you about Fiji because I did. I I was curious, and then I want to hear uh, where things led you after that. How you ended up uh, going out on your own and starting your own business, and where your travels uh, are taking you these days. Uh, so bring us back to Fiji for a second. You have now cleansed yourself <laughs> in the pouring rain on these beautiful islands and you are free of all of your, uh, <laughs> your, your demons of the startup world. And now you're ready to go. You're traveling. Bring us back. Mm. So I went from Fiji uh, to New Zealand where I bartended and backpacked and really cut my teeth as an independent traveler. This was really my first independent place. And, um, I had a number of experiences there, like picking up a hitchhiker who was like my best friend for four days until I woke up one morning and he left a note that said, thank you so much for the ride. Uh, I wish you the, a great journey. Um, you know, see in, a, in another life or something like that. And I've never seen him again, right? In a, in a world of connectivity where I am connected to some of the strangest people uh, who I've ever met, who have gone on, who I've, who I've now watched on Facebook, like 
domesticate themselves and get kids and become teachers. And, you know, like it's really, it's really fascinating to, to be so in touch with people in, on the journey of their lives, but also to have these people that you connect with that just come and go and you never see again. And, um, and, uh, you know, I think I became fascinated with learning and I became fascinated with exploration. And I, I, what, what really happened, I think, is that I grew a love for questions. I let go of the need for answers. I let go of the pursuit of perfection. I let go of the pursuit of passion. And instead, I just embraced questions. I got really comfortable with being uncomfortable. I got really great at being unplanned. I could show up somewhere after a while and not have a place to sleep and figure it out. And I think that freaks a lot of people out. Um, you know, like it was last year, I, I rented a car and or I, I got a $175 round trip flight from New York to Abu Dhabi, mistake fare. Flew there, rented a car, drove up to, to Dubai, got out of a hotel plan there, and then from there... I had to get another rental car and I drove into Oman and I had no plan. And I just got there and I found a hotel and Oman's a great country. I knew it was safe. I did enough research ahead of time to know that how to cross the border, but and also that there were going to be hotels in the town that I was going to. So once enough is, is figured out, you can figure it out as you go. You don't have to have a plan all the time. And I think that becomes a skill set. This sense of being unplanned, the sense of being at home on the road, I think is a strength that we can learn from travel. And I think that's what I, I learned. I learned that in New Zealand. I learned that um, traveling across Asia after that. And then on the Trans-Siberian, I mean, man, what a great, what a great experience the Trans-Siberian is. It's just, you have so much time just traveling through the Timberlands of Russia or the Gobi Desert or getting off and staying in small villages or getting off and staying with nomads in Mongolia. Um, I mean, what an experience that is. I would highly recommend it for anybody because it's such a great way to connect yourself with locals who sleep in the same train car as you. And it's totally intimidating at first. And then after a while, you realize how kind everyone really is and how, how nice the, the, the people are um, in Russia and in Siberia and in Mongolia. It's, a, it's such a cool way to connect with people you can't communicate with like at all if English is the only language you speak. Um, but uh, will still be generous. Will still hand you their, their bottle of vodka, or you know, um, offer you cheese curds that were <laughs> formed on the roof of their tent. Crazy, just crazy stuff. Um, and you become—I don't know—I don't know. I think what I've seen is that people become um, hooked on the new. They become addicted to the new, and it's a wonderful addiction because it's the kind that can help you to continuously grow, both as a. Uh, an understanding of the world, but also an understanding of yourself and how you respond to it, what it is that you have to say. Yeah, I love the the sentiment about the new. We published a article on the Under 30 Experiences blog about the science of travel and novelty was a huge thing, and a huge part of that. And, uh, you know, it stimulates neurochemicals in your brain and yeah. uh, new senses, sights, sounds, tastes, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, yeah, that, I, I think you nailed it there. Um, if you had advice for people who want to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, what would you say? Does everyone need to uh, find a mistake fare to Abu Dhabi and then drive to Oman? Tell me some things. <laughs> um, I think it's all relative, right? Of course, so it's like um, there's this concept in early childhood education called zones of proximal development that I'm actually really interested in. And it's essentially this idea that a kid can only learn whatever he's prepared for, whatever he's ready to learn, right? Like you, so you can't exceed, ex- you can't exceed your... Um, your zone of development. So it's like whatever 
Um, it, it, essentially, the, the simplest way to put this would be you can't go from crawling to running, right? There's a lot of baby steps and then um, progress and figuring out how to run <laughs> in between those steps. And that applies to the mind, that applies to the body, that applies to every aspect of learning. So not everybody is ready to just hop on a plane and go to the Middle East, right? Like that's not something that everybody's ready to do. If, you're, if the extent of your travel is around the United States – maybe Abu Dhabi, maybe United Arab Emirates, maybe Oman are a little intense. And these are safe, um, these are safe Middle Eastern countries, but culturally you might get a little shocked, you know, or driving in another country might freak you out. There's so many reasons. I don't even have to go into any more of them. So I think it's all relative, Matt. I think it's this idea that like, what is it that you are ready for? What is your call to adventure right now? Because I don't think that we Usually we don't dream too far beyond what we believe we're capable of. We need, to, we need those experiences to redefine what we're capable of to ourselves so that we might dream bigger next time, right? So, um, so I think for, for anybody that is, is, you know, like, is hungry for more adventure, it's build it in, but accept that adventure is relative to uh, what you believe are your limitations and then rising to meet those so that you do get this sense of, uh, of change. You do get the sense that you can't go back to being the person that, uh, dreamed the way you dreamed before you just accomplished what you just accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. We just had a guest on the podcast, uh, Alistair Humphreys, and hmm. he talked about grand adventures and planning your, you know, trip to Antarctica or whatever it is. But then he also became National Geographic's Adventure of the Year for his concept of micro adventures. Right. And that's, hey, pull your comforter outside, grab your pillow, and you're going to sleep under the tree in your backyard, and you're, you're going to learn to start being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So uh, I, if, you, if you don't know him, I, I'd be happy to introduce you. I think. Oh, I know great. him. He was on my show. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah Alistair's a good guy, and he has a really great simplistic approach towards adventure. You know what's really interesting about big adventures is they always downplay their, uh, their accomplishments, if that makes sense. You Absolutely. Know? Like, and they, um, but it's because to them, they're just, they're just normal. You know, they're just, um, they're just like, everyone's like, Oh, how did you do that? But this is the really key point that I always want to, like, I always want to hammer home is that it's not about how they did it. Right. If you're, if you're listening to this show and you're wondering how Matt has built his business or how I've built my business or, or how I've gone out and seen the world. Like, it's not about that. Like, I know how I did it, but to me, there was a lot of sweat. There was a lot of money spent. There was a lot of um, struggles. There was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of emotion involved. It's been a very personal journey. It will be very personal for you as well. And I think that it's like the adventurers that we talk to when we talk about how the heck, cause I had this woman on my show who walked across Antarctica, first woman in the world to walk across Antarctica. You know how big that continent is and how dangerous that is. And the snow blindness and the crevasses and all of the, the, the monotony of just sheer white snow and ice for as far as you can see for weeks and weeks. And you ask her how she did it and you look to her for inspiration and she's like, you know what? It was miserable. <laughs> it was really hard, but I just did it. And I did it because I can do it. So that's the question is like, what is it that you're capable of? Just go out and do that because you're going to get better and you're going to get better and better. And it's going to be your, it's going to be your journey and you can push it as far as you want or as far as you're willing to go. Um, I don't think anybody should feel like they need to, you know, just jump on a plane and figure it out as they go. Like, but, but I do believe that, that everybody has a call to adventure within them. 
they have a story they want to they want to see completed. That's why we're all wired. We want stories. I think this whole world that we live in is this sort of fundamentally impermanent state of chaos, and we need to layer story on top of it in order to make sense of our lives, in order to find confidence in the way forward, so that we might be moving towards an ending that we like, right? But if without that story, or, or I guess I want to just encourage people to do that because that is how you can find the confidence to take those steps towards going out on your adventurous quest. Absolutely. And, you know, it might first be your micro adventure sleeping under your tree in your backyard. Right. And then you might become a little bit more comfortable with that and work your way up to the state park uh, with some friends on a Saturday night. You never you never know. And so, yeah, like you said, you got to walk before you run. And, uh, and it's not about how big your adventure is I actually said this to Alistair I was like man I feel embarrassed that my job I put my job title in under 30 experiences actually as adventure and this dude has walked across India or rode his bike across India or you know been to the north and south pole I'm pretty sure or, or I might be confusing him with the, with another adventure guest that we had on and uh, anyway he's like no that's that's not what it's about it doesn't matter <laughs> how big your adventure this is you know we're not we're not comparing sizes here uh, he said it's all it's a personal journey and uh, and that's cool for you and so I, I really appreciated that sentiment yeah, I think it's, again, it's, it's a reflective experience. It's whatever you have within you that you're not doing, do that. Stop looking at other people and what they're doing and comparing yourself. Do the thing that you want to do. And here's the, here's the most important part. Understand that if you want to retain the transformative potential of going after that personal journey, going after that personal adventure, then Reflect that experience back outward through some form of creative, creative expression. Write about it. Take a photo series. Try to do something that creates something tangible from the experience that you can then be proud of. You can then share. I think creativity, a lot of people think of it as this big challenge. But like we said, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a Snapchat account. Like just, <laughs> just embrace the, um, the creative habit. Because that will build your confidence and you will learn more about yourself through the world by, by going through that reflective um, process, really. That's, yeah, that's fantastic, Nathaniel. And do you have uh, any advice for people who are, you know, they're sitting at home and they're thinking, all right, I graduate from school. I want to quit my job. I want to go on the year-long trip. But then at some point, I need to figure out how to make money and not the normal person can't just start a startup that they don't know how is going to provide food on their table and plane tickets in their in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, do you have any advice for for figuring their, that out, or was there a certain part of your journey where maybe you became a freelancer, or maybe you did consulting? I'm I'm not sure. Um, yeah, no, there was there was. I I got back from that year spent traveling around the world. And um, said, well, I can't not keep doing that anymore. So immediately I went back to school. I went to a trade school and I picked up web design skills. And this is like right before stuff like what, what's out there, like Treehouse or um, any, other, any other online um, program that you can pick up these skills now like readily and for much cheaper than I probably paid for them. Um, and I learned web design and, I, and I, I studied that for like half a year and then I got a job. 
And then I took the job and I learned from everybody there, everything that I could with really smart people and, and, uh, Learned that, you know, like in the world of web design and development, almost anything that you can imagine is possible. Um, I grew a confidence in there. I learned about marketing. I learned about social media campaigns. You know, uh, I, I learned about branding through social media. I, I picked up a whole lot of new skills. And after a couple of years working there, I was, I remember I was sitting down. I, I was sitting down with a guy. Here's what had happened. I had just given my notice because I knew that I wanted to leave. I knew that I wanted to go and travel more, and that was the whole purpose, and I was ready. I had the confidence in my skills. I was going to go try to f- figure out how to freelance, and this freelancer had just taken a lead design position and was sitting in the cubicle next to mine, the last cubicle I've ever sat in and I will ever sit in. And he said – I remember asking him. I had just given my two weeks' notice, and I turned and I said, I said hey, like, uh, why did you choose to, to come back to work instead of you know, keep freelancing? And he was like um, – He's like, well, you know, I really needed the, uh, the stability because I'm going to get married pretty soon, right? So it's a big expense and you need to buy a ring, et cetera. And then, he, and then he turned to me and he said, but I really missed the adventure. And in that statement, I immediately knew that no matter what was going to happen, I, was, I had made the right decision because I had embraced the call to adventure. I knew that I wanted adventure in my life and I've always thought of going out and freelancing as, as an adventure. And you have your ups, you have your downs, you have your feasts and famines. Sometimes you have more work than you know what you're doing. Uh, you know what to do with, and sometimes you have absolutely no work for months on end, and you're not even sure how you're going to pay the bills. So there are like the freelancing life is a tough one. It's competitive. It's becoming more popular every day, so it's becoming more competitive every day. But still, it's there. It's there for you to if you have a skill or you have something that you can get someone to pay you for, then you can learn how and why they're paying you, and you can get better at that, and then you can begin to raise your rates and. So it's really all about like identifying a skill, practicing it, and then growing confidence around a client-customer relationship. Um, and I freelanced for five plus years. I still freelance a little on the side now, you know, consulting and coaching and stuff. Um, and Holocene takes up a lot of my time, but you know, I mean, I was making um, more money at, at plenty of in, in plenty of periods while I was freelancing as just a web designer slash digital marketing consultant. So. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of of that. I don't think that you need to find the one big magic idea. Don't try to reinvent the wheel to save yourself from the nine to five. You know, just pick up something that's practical that people are doing that's in demand. Look on uh, look on Upwork.com and see what people are are um, you know are making decent money doing. And, and if you can do that, give yourself a shot. Go do that. You might buy yourself some freedom. Eventually, you will ask yourself. Uh, are these, you know, paychecks paying the emotional bills? That's a bigger question, Matt. But until then, you know what I mean? If, if freedom and confidence are, uh, are the first things that you want to build into your life, freelancing is a great way of going about that. I like how you said, are the paychecks paying the emotional bills? Uh, <laughs> Mine were not after a while. That's what, that's what Holocene is. Holocene is an exploration out of desperation. Really? It's this idea that it was like, I, I have something massive inside of me and I need to figure out what it is. I didn't know what it was. I had to, I had to dive deep. I had to fish for it. I had to interview 200 people and write down ideas. And, you know, it's not like I started the Daily Travel podcast and was like, eventually this is going to be something called Holocene. And no, Holocene is like a creative expression. That's why it's, it's called Holocene because it's the past 10,000 years that we've been living, right? It's the, essentially the end of the Ice Age until – it's the epic that we're all in, the end of the Ice Age until now – and yet it's this time period that it's like the age of man, yet nobody really realizes that we exist in it. So 
how do you begin to understand something so vast? Well, you have to go out into it and explore it one story at a time, just like you do the world, just like you do yourself. And so that's, that's why it's called Holocene. But like, no, I didn't have that idea like 10 years ago. <laughs> that's come from a long journey. And, um, and I, I really am proud of, of what Holocene is and can be in the future. But, uh, you know, once upon a time, it was just like, hey, I'll build you a website for $1,000, you know? Hey. And that, that paid for a flight. So. That's right. That's right. A pretty nice one uh, to a place like Fiji. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, Nathaniel, we've got a couple minutes left. Sure. I know you're a big reader. Uh, do you have any books that you might want to suggest off the top of your head uh, that our readers might like? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll, I'll go with I'll go with two. One is um, uh, well, first I always say the Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to say Lord of the Rings though because it's so I don't know it. It's a it's an amazing book or movie, um, but it, it encapsulates the entire journey, including the return. It's it's all about adventure. But I'm going to recommend on the um, on the nonfiction side of things, I'll say The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Oh yeah, that's, you know what I mean. I mean Pressfield's awesome. Um, Everything he has to say is so spot on. I feel like you could just read his books and be done with it. Um, he really drills down into the resistance that we face in our lives as creative people. What's holding us back from doing the thing that we know that we want to do, but why aren't we doing it? And he really gets into that battle, that inner struggle. And I think that if you can apply those concepts to a curious mind, to a mind that wants to go out and explore the world and share those discoveries with everyone else, it's really interesting because you suddenly realize that curiosity – can be the thing that triggers your creativity, can be the thing that gives you the confidence to say, hey, look, I did this and it mattered. Let me show you why. Um, so that's one one, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Another is a fiction book by Saul Bellow called Henderson the Rain King. Have you ever read it? No. Oh, it's so funny but also really insightful. It's about uh, it's sort of a spoof on Hemingway and his travels through Africa, but it's about a guy who um, – uh, he, midlife crisis, goes to Africa, uh, meets a tribe who indoctrinate him as the Rain King, uh, which is a ceremonial position. However, uh, uh, he, he eventually, once he realizes what that means, uh, which is that he's going to be sacrificed, um, it, it becomes a, uh, it's more satire than suspense, but he's, you know, got to escape then. Um, but everything that's, that is learned in this book is hilarious, intellectual, insightful, um, and it's a great book about tra- travel and exposing yourself to new ideas, new ideas that give you this amazing sense of possibility. I think he is escaping this inner voice in himself that is asking for more, you know, more, 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 go out and find more. And it's sort of this midlife crisis that, I don't know, I'm 34 and this is under 30, so we're not quite at midlife crises yet, but um, it's, really, it's a really funny book too. So if all those themes interest you, it's hilariously written. Sounds good. I'll have to uh, I'll have to check it out. Henderson, the Rain King, but the War of Art. If you were listening and you need a swift kick in the ass, there you go. Please go read that book <laughs> or listen to it. Uh, the audio book is excellent. I I, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that piece cool. of literature. So I'm glad you like that one too. That's a good one. Oh yeah, it's it, it's amazing. It's amazing. I've had uh, I think my whole team has read it. So oh good. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. This is uh, this is a good one. This is a good one. So, damn. All right, Nathaniel, (laughs) if you had to bring us home and tell us how people could embrace their call for adventure and uh, give give our listeners a swift kick in the ass, will you please? Mm. Well, let's see. I think that 
I think that we can find ourselves in a, in a, in a moment, right. In our travels in life, that's sort of inescapable, right. This this feeling that something in that moment makes us more aware of, of what's going on around us. Matt, you alluded to this, this sense of like awareness of, of what's happening, of the new, of the, the things that make you pay more attention that you'll never forget. That I think, Matt, is the experience of being more alive. And I think that's what we're all sort of pursuing. It's what we're all after is this idea that there is something more beyond the horizon. Not everybody sees that. And I think that if you do see it, if you feel it, you're one of the lucky ones. And you owe it to yourself to listen deep within and figure out what that call to adventure is. Because it's really not easy to find purpose in work and meaning in life. And I think it's really easy to get stuck in our worlds of definitions and stuff. But the best way to overcome that struggle really is to immerse yourself in something that inspires you so much that it pulls you into the present, right? It pulls you forward and empowers you with clarity and possibility to believe that you can make some kind of a difference. And I really, really believe that the best way to evoke that sensation and to inspire yourself beyond what you even think is possible is to travel. So if you're hungry for that, my God, get out into the world and keep listening to that show because it'll inspire you with stuff like this. Nathaniel, that is not only poetic, but also extremely actionable. I love it. You have a trip uh, coming up at Patagonia2016.com. That trip looks incredible uh, in November. Damn, I wish I could... Uh, jump in up on in that one yeah and uh yeah that sounds incredible holocene we're gonna have to talk about how i can get in there and uh, <laughs> if there are any ways that we can work together i've already signed up for the list good, good. Uh, nathaniel anywhere else where we can send the readers or send the listeners um, no, if you want to go on an amazing trip to Patagonia this November, we're going. It's both sides, Chile and southern Argentina. It should blow minds away. It's, it is my call to adventure. It has been for too long. The, that year-long trip was supposed to start there. It did not. I think I created a mountain out of it in my mind. And eventually this year I said, you know what? This is the year I go. This is the year I do the thing that I've just been putting off. And we've got a really cool group of like creatives and entrepreneurs and, and people that are hungry for the experience of being more alive, to connect with each other and the world and themselves much more powerfully. Uh, so if that sounds cool to you and you want to go to Patagonia, this is, this is the chance. Check it out. Patagonia 2016. You can find me on Twitter at Nathaniel. I've got my first name. That's kind of cool. Um, and, uh, or you can head on over to holocene.io, H O L O C E N E.io and, uh, say hi, join up, sign up for the list, check out the podcast, any and all the things, Matt. It's, it's really cool. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, you got it. The Travelers is the name of the podcast. Nathaniel, you rocked it. Thank you so much. Thank you, man.